Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Peterson strobe tuners are quite literally the best tuners in the world. Available in the form of the Stomp HD pedal, the Strobo Clip Clip-On, and even an iOS and Android-supported strobe tuning app. The Strobo Stomp HD comes in an incredibly high-quality standard effects pedal size chassis with an absolutely whopping LCD screen size and user-defined variable color display, featuring over a hundred exclusive sweetened tunings designed to help correct inherent tuning issues exhibited by many instruments. And the guided tunings mode, my favorite, displays numeric string values instead of traditional note names, making for surefire, intuitive, and rapid retuning to any number of open and alternative tunings. Peterson tuners make tuning accuracy simple and definite. It's probably the most important part of your pedal board, so why go for anything other than the best? Check them out at petersontuners.com. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I'm your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Naomi McLeod. Good evening. And J.D. Short. Hello, I'm your host, J.D. Short. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, yeah, it's probably a little bit croaky there. And welcome, dear <laughs> listener, welcome to uh, to the 17th episode in Season 2 of the Guitar Nerds Podcast, which is actually, I think it's on something, this it must be like the 350th episode. I really, you know, I appreciate my seriesing hasn't been very good, but I promise you from, you know, from now, now, now on, it's going to be good. A solid 52-ish episodes per season, whatever a year takes, that's that's how it's going to be and it's going to be great so yes dear listener you will have noticed i have got rid of j cross um mark oh, i can't remember his surname now uh, um oh, uh, what was it was it it's not it's not peckham that's where i am something like that hand yes. hand hand men hand yeah that's it that's it i hmm. think uh mark handman's not here and uh and yes and, and matt's also taken it off so i have uh, i so i've called up the bass guitar nerds for us to do another kind of guitar nerds bass guitar nerds special as we're not currently doing uh, a bass guitar nerd series but we are just around the corner dear listener from doing a bass guitar nerds uh, series first of all listeners who are guitarists you know this is this is actually really this is going to be really cool interesting information we're going to take loads of questions from the facebook group this this week and i know a lot of you have been getting into bass a little bit during the pandemic so 
this is a this is a podcast for everyone not just for bass players although you know we will lead with bass guitar related stuff but yes um there is going to be a new little series of the bass guitar nerds which we you know i thought i thought we should announce on this week's episode as it is coming it's round the corner i I did kind of get excited about it and post about it on the guitar nerds group facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum the other day we are announcing the squire bronco mod mode series Mod mode, exactly. About about five years ago, Mark pa- when Mark Packham was hosting the podcast, he said we were going to do a yeah, <laughs> exactly. Mark Handman, Mark Handman said yeah. m- said uh, that we would be we, we'd be doing a mod mode series for guitars, and it just never came to fruition. Lazy, lazy man. But I, I on the <laughs> other hand, am introducing the, uh, the with the help of Naomi and JD, we are going to do a collaborative bronco mod mode kind of like we'd spoken about it for some time and we were like yeah we should definitely do this and then i think seeing things like uh like dave lee's squire bronco the the sort of powder blue bronco with the with the pink paisley plate um that beautiful made bass. That. Yeah, oh, it was excellent. so good wasn't it, it was so yeah. wonderful and yeah. i kind of we, we saw that and we i was like no we, we actually do have to do the Bronco mod mode, and we have to do it now. And also now, we've actually got a kind of. There's something to top, you know. We've actually got to make this really, really good. We've got to make this better than uh, than Dave Lee's incredible powder blue Eldritch, which is the name of uh, Dave Lee's kind of modding brand. We've got to make it better than that, or try to at least. So we've got three Broncos. We've got three three Broncos, and we're uh, we're going to be. I'm not going to talk about it too much on this podcast because you know, obviously, that's the that's what that podcast is going to be about. We just won't stop talking once we start talking. Yeah, if we're not careful, sec- we're we're that okay. excited about about <laughs> what our, mode. If our group chats anything to go by, then yeah, <laughs> yeah. probably. Yeah, if I sound tired, it's because I've been talking for weeks by text with with the two guys about this mod mode. It's going to be great. It's going to be really good. I'm really excited to to see what absolutely crazy things we do and how awesome we make our Broncos. Yeah. And then I'm looking forward to making some videos with them afterwards so we can see who's got the best Bronco. I think that's something, dear listener, we're going to be asking you to decide after the three of us have made all of our mods. Um, that that so we're yeah. going to have a Bronco off. We're going to have a Bronco off. <gasps> that's what it is. Yeah, oh, that's... Is, You're welcome. Uh, You're welcome, Joe. That is good. Should it should be called the Bronkoff? A Bronkoff. Okay, that's fine. A bronkoff. Should it be the Bronkoff instead of the 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 Bronco mod mode? Hmm. I I feel like we should have listener feedback for that. Mm. Okay, there we go. Dear listener, let us know. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum. Should it be the Bronco mod mode? Mod mode is obviously what Mark was going to call the original Mark Handman series. Mark Handman was going to call the original series. Should we call it the Bronco mod mode? Should we call it the Broncoff? Bear in mind, there is uh, the great the great pedal build off between me and Matt coming shortly after the Oh, the yeah, so there is. It's a, it's a similar name as well. But, mm. you know, the, mm-hmm. we see exciting things to come. Exciting things to come. Mod-off, Bronco mod-off. The mod-off. Yeah, the mod-off. The mod-off. Yeah. I like the use of Bronco yeah. in the word, though. The, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bron- like, yeah. For, for me, it's like the, the worse the pun, the better the pun. Oh, exactly. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah, if we yeah. could if we could just keep the puns terrible, that would be... um. That would be ideal for yeah, for this host, please. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait. God, I can't wait. Even the the few, mm. the few things I've decided for mine, I uh, can't wait to 
unleash upon yeah. the small but friendly world of Bronco mod lovers. What I'm really looking forward to is the fact that all three of us, I think, have gone for a very different kind of theme and aesthetic mm-hmm. overall for the Bronco. We're just going to show, I mean, the, it's such a fantastic instrument as a sort of blank canvas to turn into whatever you want to for a reasonable price. Like, there will always be kind of that thing of, it's a it's a hundred and thirty pound base. Like we're spending, you know, way over quadruple on, you know, sort of like each each one to model. But still, when it, we're making the bases into fully professional, fully functional instruments, and it's kind of an argument to say this is this is the cheapest custom shop you can get. And uh, once it's up at a certain standard, it kind of is worth that money, even if it's not you know, on the secondhand market. Well, and I think, I think the thing too is like, I mean, we're doing this as like a full thing. So we're sort of like unveiling our Bronkoft, uh, you know, like final, final iterations, right? You know, where it's like the idea, I think too, is to like grab a, a cheap bass that sounds great for rehearsal. Be like, I want to put a new bridge in. Oh, that's even better. Like, I'm going to do some paint to it. You know, like I, th- I think being able to do this over, a couple years or when you have time like it's just that like it's that like project that gives you like constant like engagement in a way that you can always kind of think of like oh what else could i do with this you know i think i think like thinking about it that way too is it like makes it such a a great platform and such a just nice hobby if nothing else yeah (laughs) like like, i totally agree i think i think it being such a a cheap for one for better word instrument to begin with as well makes it a very accessible mod project i think you can really drop that fear of you know am i ruining a an already sort of perfect um perfect combination of uh of parts here it's like it's fine to begin with it's it's incredible value to begin with but you you know, I think you can rest assured you are you are quite literally improving with each mod as opposed to, you know, with with certain uh, maybe more expensive instruments uh, ha- having a tougher decision in regards it, to your mods. It would, it would be more taste changes, you know, when it comes exactly. to more expensive yeah. instruments. I yeah. think. Whereas this, we it's you are literally improving this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, yeah. And I just uh, permission to uh, whinge slash rant a bit, just expanding on something Naomi had said. Uh, in that, thank you, thank you. Um, in that, one of the one of the things I keep, you know, just in looking at research or doing some stuff on, like reading about like the squire, like I, I come across so many comments that are like that are either like, well, this is only, you know, like it's only a hundred and fifty pound base. Like, why would you bother like doing this mm. to it? Um, to one, I would be like, well, obviously to make it better, so who cares, right? Or there's other stuff was like, well, you want it to retain its original value. And it's like, well, its original value is less than the bridge that I'm putting on. So I can always take this bridge off and make my money back. You know, like, like <laughs> yeah, it's, it's exactly. Such, you it's, can always rip out that pickup or take off those tuners and make yeah. make your individual cost back. It's such a weird thing. And I think it's, I think it just, it feels so safe to mod as well. You know, like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. these, these are, have every chance of becoming like a classic in a way that no one ever, likely no one at like Fender would have or Squire would have intended. But like, it's, it's, it's like what happens with a cult movie or it's like what happens with something else is like, we've all, like, the people have made this like a, a, cult favorite and it's you know it's, like, it's got this thing that that's like it's it's almost like you don't have to worry about what you do to it 
like in a way because like at the end of the day if you were to like put all the stuff back as it was and then be like oh well the most you can lose is 150 pounds you know like yeah you 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 scratch like uh an american fender and someone's like well i'm not gonna pay that for it you know and it's kind of like okay well that feels weird so yeah i think it's it's such a good platform yeah, I, I also, you know, I kind of think that the other part of it that, that makes it a great platform is I feel like I'm more willing to try things that um, that I wouldn't necessarily on on anything else. Like, uh, like certainly when it comes to even when it comes to refins and stuff, if I was looking at a more expensive instrument, I would be well more obsessed with like, what is a timeless finish for me? What is a finish that I'm going to be happy with mm-hmm. in any situation mm-hmm. from sort of playing in my band to sort of doing a demo on YouTube to you know, sitting burst. on my wall? <laughs> exactly. But, you know, when it when 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 it comes to sort of this this Bronco, I'm like, what is the craziest thing I can think of to repaint this space with? And I kind of I'm enjoying that sort of freedom from being obsessed with making. And this might be a personal thing, but a freedom from being obsessed with making sure the aesthetic fits in with what I want my instrument's aesthetic to be. I know that's not something necessarily everyone thinks about, but but you know I like all my guitars to look a certain way, and I'm enjoying that I can do whatever I want with this and have a bit of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. I think I think we're all kind of circling around the same point, but I yeah, yeah for sure yeah. I think the Bronco, the Bronco affords a freedom that that other mods don't, and uh, yeah, I mean I say that on my on my second Bronco mod in life. Yeah, so. exactly. Well, super, that's, there you go. Super this excited for this one. All inspired by Naomi's incredible uh, Bronco, uh, which uh, yeah, the, uh, the wonderful natural finish Bronco. Which I guess are you going to continue to mod that? Like, are there changes that you're going to make to that in the future? You said sort of the because you've left the neck as it as it was, other than the tuners that you've changed. Like you've left it in that sort of unfinished state. Yes, I have. I have. Yeah, I think I think I just reached a point where it was it was playing really well, and what I had done to that point was was all working. And so I've I've sort of for for different reasons sort of cast it aside for for the time being in terms of mods. But yeah, I mean now that we're now that we're into mod mode with with. Um, our bass guitar nerds Broncos. There, there are a few things I definitely will in time go back to on um, on my original uh, Bronco. I think I'll I'll probably do something with the with the saddles on the bridge, and I'll probably um, sort something with a new nut. I would say um, for starters, and then yeah, might might stain might stain the neck. Um, might get that. Um, what was the name of that amazing product that you talked about before? Was it Axe Wax? Oh yeah, uh, well Axwax is just a um, that's Axwax is just like a cleaning product. Actually, I think there was there was a stain that you spoke oh, about yeah, on the yeah, podcast yeah. before that was really cool sounding. Um, oh. That Damn, I thought I you had totally done a forgot. neck with. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I've mm. completely forgotten if I did. Yeah, sorry. Mm. Sorry to put you on the spot. No, no, no. That's <laughs> no, totally yeah, fine. I do. We At definitely the time. About, I, remember, I remember us talking about, yeah, I didn't. Because yeah. it it's basically just like, a, it's like an aging... It was stain. it was an aging yeah. stain for next, yeah. yeah. And at the time, I I made little bookmark for um for coming back to and um, was it tea? Because you could just probably rub some tea on it. <laughs> you can, it, it, you yeah. Can I mean, one of one of the most organic mods possible, really. Um, but yeah, uh, just uh, to answer your question, Joe, um, there are definitely further mods I will make. As I said, I just sort of got to a point where I was super happy with how the bass is, pl- is playing. Still am super happy with how the bass is playing. But yeah, there's always more fun to be had, um, which is which is the fun with the Bronco. Additionally, the, the B90 that I have in there, which I absolutely love, I have thought about maybe sticking a Lazen B90 uh, in instead oh, now that, oh, now oh, that Zarek has released. Yes, yes, yes has released them so well let's talk about that i was gonna yeah what is uh what is that is the lazen b90 the uh, uh, is that what it's called the lzn b90 so i don't know anything about this now it's someone in in on the uh, facebook group did mention recently whether or not Seric uh, the single coil pickups were a good replacement pickup for i think they said a gretch base um uh, I, I would check who that who that was who said that. There's bad time to do that. Uh, yeah, someone asked anyway. But the um, I, I kind of didn't realise that Seric had expanded their base pickup range to be as is kind. Well, it's four four models now. Mm, but mm-hmm. what what is the Lazen B90 then? Our friends at Isotope have just made their portable recording solution, the Spire Studio, even better. And the best part is that you can try out the app and recording platform for Spire completely free. Download the iOS app for your phone or tablet today by following links in the description of this podcast and make sketching down your song ideas incredibly easy and intuitive. Without the Spire, you won't have the mic or preamp, but you'll still have access to the software and effects that can polish your demo recordings more more than you probably thought possible. The second generation Spire Studio ups the stakes by offering ultra low noise preamps that offer smooth, quieter recording and increased storage capacity. There's also Spire Pro, an optional subscription service accessed via the iOS app and personalized soundtrack feature that listens and learns from your voice and environment. 
check them out at isotope.com. So versus the single coil original B90, the Lazen B90 is a humbucker. So essentially a humbucking version of your original um, and designed to kind of retain what the B90 offered tonally, um, but has, I think he's changed the magnets in them. I know that they're now Alnico 8. Um, and yeah, essentially you, you are retaining the kind of warm fatness, but with a little bit more um, more attitude, as you would expect from a humbucker. Um, but yeah, I'm super keen to pick one up, uh, given... I mean, I I literally fell in love with the original B90 when I got it. The, you know, the such a hot output tonally is just everything you would want in terms mm. of growl when you have the tone open and just so warm and full when you have the tone rolled back. Um, so, yeah, the I mean, a humbucking version of same is just a no brainer to me personally. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely, I think that kind of, uh, uh, I agree that sort of... Uh, it's it's a bit better as a as a kind of a multi-use option. I think you've really got true. A, if you're going yeah. for a single, just one single coil in the middle of a bass, you've got mm. to really be invested into the sort of tone and yes. the issues yeah. that that's going to kind of create. A hundred percent, yeah. With it, like this uh, th- this week, I, I had my first uh, practice back, first band practice back with Polymath, and I took my the J Douglas Blunderbird. Um, that we'd spoken about the 32 inch scale um, kind of 11 pound I tell you what my shoulder is done eight hour practice (laughs) my my left shoulder where it sits absolutely I've never I kind of got in it and I was like yeah this is an 11 pound bass and you know sort of my guitarist Tim's like oh wow yeah that does feel heavy I'm like well you he's got like an an empress wood telly and an SG junior they probably weigh like four pounds I'm like yeah I mean it's 11 pounds that's you know a macho and I'm thinking (laughs) I'm thinking what's the you know I've never really cared about bass weight or anything but also I don't think I've ever worn an 11 pound bass for eight hours and (sighs) my shoulder is dark like i like serious problems sleeping the last couple of nights it is absolutely done in um that's not to dissuade anyone from jay douglas basis i think it's absolutely i really had a great time playing it it was fantastic the reason i mention is because it has a hand wound by jay douglas by john douglas himself the uh uh the single coil kind of p90 sized pickup that he has bang in the middle of the body is single coil so certainly mm-hmm. you know i've been playing jazz basses for a long time admittedly single coil but often emg loaded or you know almost always with both pickups rolled on so it hum cancels itself anyway um but just having that single single coil in the middle when i was using some of my drivier sounds and certainly my fuzz sounds i was dealing with an awful lot of uh of sort of whoosh through the uh through the amplifiers which i I wasn't used to. So there is definitely an investment with a a bass with single coils where you're going to have to learn to use your effects around the fact that those pickups are a bit noisier. Yes, that is that is very true and in the case of the B90 to be fair, I think a lot of my playing was quite clean and mm. um yeah, clean and sort of uh more kind of Motown, warm, fuzzy, Jamerson type tones. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, interesting point actually that you make because I'm, you know, being being between projects. A project I'm getting into at the moment is a new kind of heavy punk band. So I'll I'll report back on the on the B90s adventures into heavier tones. Oh, wonderful! You're going to use that as your main base for the punk project. 
As one of, yeah. So it's um, it's going to be a little bit prescribed because it's uh, one of the band members is doing sort of all of the writing. So I suppose technically I'm sort of going to be continuing my my session player adventures, but um, tonally it'll be um, it'll be yeah, certainly a little bit gritty, a little bit um, a little bit more attitude than um, than. I suppose the sort of clean work that I've done to date with the B90. I mean, I'll give you some context. The the writer is a bassist himself and usually plays an attitude through. Well, yeah, we a, t- we're talking about Joe Thorpe, and of course he also drops yes. tunes by a step, or or he plays in D standard the same as me. Yes, yes, he does indeed. Yeah, so I mean, uh, a classic mix for him would be, uh, you know, an attitude through a through a Tech Twenty One Doug um, into. Mm. Um, into his barefaced setup um, with with a quilter head. So you know you're talking really, really, really well put together, um, high gain, sort of scratchy, scratchy, lightly driven tones. Um, so it's going to be an interesting, interesting adventure, both in tuning and in tone. For I was going to um, say, you're going to have to try and get that, get the the Bronco successfully down to D standard. I, I am. Yeah, I am indeed, and I think I'm going to have to copy your. Um, copy your string setup joe to see how we see how we go that's it i do think it's such a shame that you can't get a standard like you can't get an off-the-shelf set of strings for anyone playing short scale who doesn't want to be in e standard it just seems like such a mad thing it's like really is music that narrow that people have to go to a custom shop to to get anything that drop tunes on a short scale i completely agree it is an actual gap in the market i mean i think you know i've um i've spent years helping customers get custom sets who've um you know who've had individual string needs and um any any brands i've been able to work with in stores previously i've always gotten really stuck into uh, the single string market for for customers mm. so that they could come back and know that they could get their get their sets through us but um yeah completely agree short scale um short scale custom sets and short scale heavier sets there there yeah. are not enough out there currently I mean, I, yeah, I, I totally agree that I think single strings, certainly for a shop, like that's one of the mm. best things you can do because it's, yeah. there's so many different sets where I'm like, actually, I want like a 42. I don't want a 40 or a 45, you know, or yeah. I want, you know, some, some, I don't want to buy four sets of strings that I can get like one thing. But yeah. I, I'm, I mean, I'm curious because like from, from like a, a string manufacturer, like perspective it's like well how many people are playing a short scale bass that are also detuning i think it's much more common now you know and i think it's just a thing that people have to like it feels like that's you know it it feels like turning like a massive ocean liner kind of like be like well now we have to retool and make different you know like we Mm -hmm. have to reset our machines to do this but it's because i also think like you know if you're playing short scale i mean granted there's been a much bigger short scale boom in the last couple years but you know, sort of thinking of short scale, it's like, if I think of short scale, I think of like 60s. I think of like, you know, I, I, I'm i thinking more like into my ear, like d- like Duck Dunn vibes than I am like, you know, some like doom rockers necessarily. And <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I could potentially, you know, like I'm probably wrong, but you know, like it's also just like, that's, that's my connotation with it. It's like, oh, someone's playing like, they're playing like a, a early seventies throwback, you know. Like it's not necessarily like I'm not necessarily thinking someone's like, you know, like in drop A and it, uh, playing a short scale four string. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Like the um, the 
And I think that's kind of what's changing is the attitudes towards short scales as mm. much. As, I don't think there's ever been an issue with short scales, but I think you're absolutely right. Almost, I don't know whether they fell out of favour first and then people started judging them as being two-dimensional instruments or if people started judging them like that first and so companies stopped making the instruments. But I feel like short-scale basses at the moment are shedding this image of of not being great. And it's kind of like, uh, I guess, I feel like short-scale basses are kind of going through, at the moment, what digital amplification started to go through in, you know, the early 2010s, where you've got sort of a, a, this a, a purist market, you know, group of people being like... They just don't sound as good as you know proper ones, mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. and then and this is actually you know we, we were going to answer a question on this later, which I, I commented something very similar on this when talking about short scales, where it's it's kind of like when it comes to today and the fact that you know talking about strings, I think Stringjoy, a, a fantastic US string brand, who really sorted me out with some amazing strings, the the short and medium scale sixty five to one twenties that I have, so I can get to D standard. The fact that that didn't really cost me any more than buying an off-the-shelf set you know especially if you're ordering a few sets at a time it kind of you know the postage gets eaten up in that anyway so it's is very effective when you think that you can get those strings and you can have a short scale and you can be in the same tunings if you want to drop tune or you can at least have the same string tension if that's your kind of issue yeah i'm at a point where i'm like i don't know what is the downside now what is the thing what is the downside there's this thing's easier to play. I can move around the neck quicker. The fundamentals are stronger. You can get a heavier gauge string, which is going to replace maybe some of those. Because, you know, on short scale string, uh, short scale basses, I think a lot of the fact that the, the it, they have a, a, a fatter, lower presence is, is almost to do, to do with the floppiness of the string. I don't know if that's technically correct, but I feel like that's a thing. But because you can have heavier gauge strings now, you can make short scale basses as brittle and aggressive as, as their sort of longer scale counterparts. I'm kind of running out of reasons to not think that they are equally every bit as good. Yeah, I, I completely agree, Joe. Also, the reason I went quiet for the last few moments is as soon as we began speaking about strings, I just quietly went onto the Stringjoy site and um, <laughs> have have added a, a custom set to my cart <laughs> as you've been speaking. See, Joe, I learned from the best with this with this add to cart stuff. I used to think you were absolutely ridiculous during doing uh, your shopping during podcast episodes, but um, it's, it's here I am. Voice. It's, it's terrible, yeah. Also, I think that just speaks to how efficient the Stringjoy website is. In right, that, right, in it does. In moments, you too can have your own custom it set does. of short scale. It does completely. I know um, I used to, so when I was speaking about sort of helping customers get their, their custom sets through, you know, stores I worked uh, for in previous years, I remember Daydario were superb with their kind of single yeah. string offerings. And uh, so were Elixir at the time, and they just happened to be kind of two of the the much bigger companies that we were working with um, as, a, as a sort of a high street store. Um, but Stringjoy did pop in, I remember, once or twice, and I think we got oh, really? some samples. Yeah, like I remember we got some samples through, and I mean, as as you know, sometimes maybe things just don't quite align for for the two, you know, for the two, for the store and a company to begin doing business at, at that time. But yeah. I remember thinking these guys seem super cool. So it's um, it's really, really good to see them kind of gaining gaining popularity and, and going so strong. But um, on, sorry, go on. No, no, go on. 
No, I was just going to say to to get back to the the sort of general short scale argument that you were making, Joe. And as you said, there was a really good. I really enjoyed reading through the thread on the Guitar Nerds group, actually, with with people kind of making their points for for kind of um, you know more traditional basses versus short scale. But uh, one thing you were saying there made me think back to. I think I was in college. It was ten years ago, anyway. So when I was young, essentially, and um, I was saying, "Oh, you know, I got to play this, you know, Fender Mustang bass in a store, and it felt incredible, and I really, really want to get it." And this was in audio college, and my lecturer at the time, who was kind of one of the, he was one of the sort of high ups, very experienced engineer um, in the college, and he said, "Yeah, you know, I like them. I think they're cool. They seem comfortable to play, but it's just, it's just the tonal content. You know, they're always so subby. They're like really hard to mix. They're really hard to, um, you know, kind of fit in, fit in with kind of a lot of band sounds outside of certain styles." And I think exactly like you say, I think, um, well, two things. I think, you know, there's been very few models that have kind of really existed in popularity on the market outside of the the Fender Mustang over the years. And I think, um, obviously, we're talking about current times, but I certainly feel like the market is, is has really grown and is continuing to grow with, with kind of more popular um, short scales actually having in a sense, like market share now, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like yeah. you, you go on the big sites and you actually see categories for short scales as opposed to them being an add-on at the end of your list of, of, um, of kind of bases to, to peruse online or in stores. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, I think one of the other things for, for short scale basis, I'll, actually, I'll read. Uh, so this question came from Julie McFarling on our, uh, on the on the Facebook group. And she said, uh, I'm a guitarist looking to buy a bass guitar. Would it be good to get something like a short scale Mustang bass? Or would it be better in the long run to go with a Fender P bass or jazz bass? That was the, the kind of question. There were, there were lots of Lots of comments on it, and I, I commented on this saying, "Well, I disagree with a bunch of these, like a, you know, because mm-hmm. because I was kind of like, I I don't see the reason not to get a Mustang." One of the things I kept seeing coming up is like this whole, uh, "Well, if you have smaller hands, you know, maybe a mm. Mustang would be better." As if that's ever been, as if hand size. I, 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 you could, you could both disagree with me on this, but I'm kind of of the mind like, as if hand size has ever made a difference, like on a or a short or a long scale bass. I'm not. I don't think it it ever has. If you're more comfortable with a guitar i could see the advantage of a of a short scale bass but otherwise i think kind of you know you, you make they're just easier to play like and they're easier to play whether you've got small hands or large hands you know there's mm-hmm. um but i think with with things like the the fender player mustang which is one of fender's most popular bases of the last four or five years since they've been making it, it started life as the offset but understand that that bass is competing with the precision and jazz bass, you know, sometimes being above either of them as their as their bestsellers, that's a that's a short scale. You know, that is now one of their most popular bases. It's why they introduced constant FSR models in different finishes. For for the player Mustangs, probably had more FSR color finishes than anything else Fender have made recently. The fact that they put PJ pickup configuration in it and a normal mm. bridge instead of the Mustang bridge. That means you can buy that for whatever they cost, 600, 500, 600 pounds. And you have something that sounds amazing, that has pickups that are tried and tested. So you can make it sound like a jazz bass. You can make it sound like a P bass. You can make it sound like a PJ bass. And it's easy to play. And you can upgrade the pickups easily. I feel like almost the argument against Mustangs is more to do with, yes, those, those small that small split pickup 
is a particular sound. But it's mm, not, mm-hmm. it's the pickup we're talking about, not the scale of the instrument. Um, that I, I think maybe that line gets muddied sometimes. Yeah, I would agree with that, certainly. I do think just to um, healthily rather than contentiously disagree with you on the hand size argument, I do think... Um, and you know, I'm I'm biased. I have probably like you know, I'm a I'm a tall woman. I have average to large size hands, so I I play really happily across short scale or um or sort of thirty four inch scale uh, instruments. But you know, having having taught um some sort of kids and young people, and uh, you know, trying to start them off on on sort of a thirty four scale, and really seeing, you know, I'm teaching a group of four here, and one of one of the four. Um, you know, happens to have smaller hands and really is visibly struggling with with learning this instrument. Um, I do think that there um, there are certainly uh, people who are more who will find one or other type more accessible. Like absolutely, there are people who um, you know there are people who. I know who play bass who argue that they find the higher frets in a guitar inaccessible and they, you know, they wonder how their peers play super intricate solos, for example. So I do think there um, is a point there in terms of, let's say, accessibility. So I, I don't want to not... Um, no, no, sure. no, you're absolutely right. It's, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm thinking about it from quite a selfish perspective there. No, guess, and that's, but. yeah, and, and we're, you know, we're, I, I think we're right to chat about it, but I, I don't want we're to... we're the world's number one guitar podcast. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I, uh, what I'm saying is I don't want to acknowledge that there are certain... Um, there are certain limitations, not limitations, but there there are uh, certain limitations in taste, perhaps uh, beyond sort of sonically what we want or visually what we want in an instrument, which uh, which are are fair to take into consideration. Particularly, I think for for young people kind of learning the instrument, I think if there's something that makes that makes learning and the fundamentals of playing the instrument easier for you, then 100% go for that. Um, you know, I had a few friends who started on. Do you remember those P based juniors? Oh my goodness! Yes, yeah. I do. Really cool. I'm I'm pretty certain Joe Dart played one for a while. Um, really? was was seen <laughs> in some Wolfpack video, Wolfpack videos playing some. Um, but yeah, I mean they you know they were released as this sort of like youth uh, youth student um, instrument, which I always thought was really cool. I don't I don't think they lasted long on the market. I could be wrong, um, no. but certainly you certainly don't see them around much. Um, but yeah, other than that, you know, I thought, um, as I said, there was some really good, um, really good discourse about both sound and feel on um, Julie, Mc- Julie McFarling's question. Um, my experience certainly has been finding finding great aspects in in both instruments, finding, um, you know, the more traditional 34 inch scale, really enjoyable, really rock solid Um and also, you know, also having struggles at, at, at points, you know, depending what key I'm playing in, sometimes finding, um, you know, the first to third fret uh, exhausting to play versus the same <laughs> on a on a short scale instrument. So it's it's um, I think I, I think my answer in 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 the group uh, to to Julie's question was um, playing style and knowing your playing style. Um, yeah, should should influence your decision because um, I think, like you're saying, you you know you can make either instrument into as much of a canvas as you want. Like we said with the player Mustang, having the versatility of PJ, which I absolutely love. I'm really after coming full circle now with having sold my player PJ Mustang. I'm, I'm I now also back sold to wanting. Mine. Yeah. Did you? Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm back now to wanting 
another. Uh, yeah, so that'll be same. two Broncos and a PJ Mustang. And I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Um, come fight me and my P bases <laughs> and my three short scales if if you all want. Um but yeah, I think I think you know, as with as with anything, um, and this is this is a little bit of a tough answer because Julie said herself she's a guitarist looking to buy a bass guitar. Um and obviously it's you know, it's wrong to assume that you know your playing style and that you know um exactly what you're going to be playing from the off. But I think style should influence the uh, tools for the music, if you like. Um, uh, you, you're completely right. It's something that I haven't thought about at all. But I, I guess one of the main, one, you know, a reason that I'm becoming such an advocate of the short scale bass is mm, an mm-hmm. awful lot of the stuff I do in polymath is doubling mm-hmm. up on guitar riffs. Right. I, and, you know, playing and that's the same a really thing. good point. Yeah. And actually, it, and I, I, you know, it's some of those things are really hard, like especially mm, when mm-hmm. the guitarist in our band's in, in frip tuning. So his, his like things that might be the you know the fret right next to it for him are sometimes a bit of a jump for me. Yeah, and it, and, it, and certainly on a thirty-four inch scale, I, it's always an effort. And I think it was only when yeah. I p- picked up a short scale and started doing a lot of those things where I'm doubling up on quick riffs, and I was like, oh, mm. this is now this is that he is not the genius guitarist I thought he was. I can do this too, you know. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it, and that's awesome. Like that's finding new. Um, you know that's finding new tools for your um for your artistry which which I absolutely love it's like it's like that feeling when you get a pedal that sort of uh makes your workflow far more concise than it had been it's yeah. um it's a really awesome kind of step forward in your own um in your own adventure with music yeah for sure now J- jd you like on this line of question i appreciate yeah. when it comes to kind of us like someone someone's like oh it's like a short scale or or a long scale and you know sort of uh, Naomi and I, who both play a lot of short scales, I have a lot of both, but you know, like, and, and mm. so does Naomi. But you know, as mm-hmm. we both seem to be big fans of short scales, we're obviously going, Yeah, this is a Mustang, which is, you know, one of my favorite instruments ever. You don't own any short scale instruments. And I think you, you've even said in the past that, like, that's one thing that you haven't fully embraced yet. Like, what, you know, what, what are your reasons around that, I guess? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it for me is just like, um, it, it is the difference in feel more than anything. Um, and like, I quite like fairly high tension um, sort of things. And, and it, even in like the choice of strings I use and everything, I, I like a more um, kind of rigid feel, but it's, it's a lot of it is like a lot of the like techniques that I will use or like I do lots of bends and everything. And I kind of want, I sort of, I kind of want it's not that I want to work a bit at it you know but it, it's I sort of want like a, a a hard like starting point without necessarily like raising action and when without like really sort of changing it, it's just it's just it, yeah it was always it was always more about kind of feel for me and you know that being said like the short scale bases I've played and I've liked a lot of the short scales better than a lot of other like 34 35 inch scale bases that i've that i've played as well you know like it's it's just i've never really found one that really suited and I, you know it might be that it's because i i like to play a lot of chords right and for me i really want like the higher tension kind of helps those all stay um as intonated as possible sort of without me needing to sort of like 
lightly bend things to sort of fit like on bass or just it's i really think it is just more of a a feel thing and i i know a lot of stuff is easier on with when things are a bit more slinky or you know like loose but it's like for me i kind of it helps my playing if nothing else when things aren't that slinky because i will tend to you know over a bend or i will um you know, just like because I play hard, a lot of times will like tend to pull sharp, right. um, more yeah. so like when things are, you know. And most of the stuff that I'm playing, like most of the music, it doesn't matter that I pull sharp. You know, like it's it's rock music. It's uh, meant to be soundscapey. It's supposed to kind of be. You know, it's not like I'm playing in like a bass orchestra, which sounds horrific, by the way. <laughs> but like playing in a bass a orchestra. orchestra. Uh, yeah. Ugh. Um, I mean, I know, I mean, I've seen so many like at like bass events and stuff where everyone's like, hey, let's get 12 bass players all playing together. And it's oh, like, it happens to everyone. Oh, God. It's like, why? It's bad enough listening to one YouTube bassist, let alone like five of them all just like playing what I affectionately call bucket of fish over and over again, which is the triplet that everyone does, right? And it's just like where it's just like bucket of fish, bucket of fish, bucket of fish, bucket of fish. Oh so, yeah, it's it's yeah, yeah. yeah, it's the sonic equivalent of typing Google into oh, Google. Like God. it just shouldn't done, shouldn't be done. It shouldn't happen. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's a cool fill, but like once there's a two. When you have to, you know, like as the first number, when you have to tell someone your age, like, stop doing it. Like, it's it's like, it's fine if the first number is a one or a zero. That's okay. You know, but like. That's that's cute, in fact. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, neat, neat. It sounds like you're doing a thing. Yeah. You're Um, doing so well. Yeah. Yeah. It's always where it's like, oh, you're playing a weird, like, you're playing Mustang Sally, right? And, like, you don't need to do, like, Mustangs. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. cool. (laughs) Um, Was this My Name is Mud? Mustang. My Name is Mustang Sally. The, uh, what was it? Pork soda version of, yeah. One for the kids. Wow. Wow. There you go. Some fair points, JD. Brought to yeah, you by yeah, brought to uh, you by tent- a group of actual bass advocates <laughs> <laughs> against against bass orchestras. They are weird. Yeah. They are they are such weird things. I mean, whenever I see the sort of big famous ones, you know, that generally mm. have Billy Sheehan in them, and this is kind of credit to Billy Sheehan. If you watch those things, often he doesn't do a lot. Like he's yeah. sitting at the back doing nothing because I think. Deep down, he appreciates how ridiculous this concept is. And he sits back and actually plays a bass line. Probably one of the only times he does that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and then, like, when it's his time to solo, he does his, his, does his thing. And then you're like, great. And then he goes, yeah. Like, it's, it's just like no one – it's like just because you can do a thing doesn't mean you should do a thing, which – is kind of counter to our Bronkoff anyway. <laughs> but, but like, careful now. Yeah, it's a but little like, bit like it's a little bit like the um, the age old saying, "Play for the song," isn't it? Which is like you know, do do what's do what's right to do here. Don't you know? You don't have to do. You don't have to give this two hundred percent just for the sake of it. You don't have to prove the maximum capacity of your musicianship in every single note that you play. Well, I take issue with the musicianship uh, comment in a lot of this. <laughs> in, wait, in the in the context no, of a orchestra? Uh, yeah, was, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, I'm not calling it a bass orchestra anymore, by the way. I'm. Yeah, I'm I, I, I don't have time, so it's orchestra. Circle, tuggy wuggies. Um, <laughs> 
because <laughs> the uh, family friendly version. I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I'm That's really a, a, a widow tuggy wuggies with their base and just yeah I I mean it's it's just like timbre wise and and the things that like a lot of even the best and most famous rightly so like bass players will do like those things are like neat in like in like yeah like small doses you know like it's it's like the spice that's like oh that's that's nice. I don't want it in everything and all the time, but like, oh, that's really nice. It adds a little, that was, that was really cool. Or it shows something like we, cause you know, I've been to like just random like jazz gigs or something and someone like a bass player will play something. And I'm like, oh yeah, that is nice. And it's like, and then I just trust everything else they're doing for the rest of the night. Right. Like, and it's, it's like, that's interesting. But like when you get like 12 people, when there's no song, so there's no playing to the song anyway. And it's just like, well, let's just make up a version of like plickety plackety. And then like someone playing like, chord changes like hopefully somewhere along the lines or you know like everyone playing some variation of their own groove it's 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 similar like when you have like four drum like any band that has multiple drummers except for polymath where you (laughs) like where where you you're just kind of like there's there's a bit of a beat but i'm confused as to which one of you is playing which which bits you know except for like seasoned season bands that have that going on where you have two percussionists who are approaching you know drums and like trading off in that conversation like it's it's just such an advanced thing to do that yeah you can't just throw people up there and be like okay go yeah yeah everyone everyone do the same thing but times three like or times two or however many people are involved yeah i think i do think that's a good point there was there was a really good phrase that i heard um or like a remark that i heard um was it tuggy wuggy? It, it wasn't. No, oh. that's the best phrase I've heard this evening, um, and and will be taking I'm, with me I'm into pretty, any other into yes. any other family friend, friendly recordings where where um, such terms are required in future. Um, no, there was a term I heard which was actually feedback to a to a gig that I played with with a band uh, in, in within the last sort of two three years, but it was a project Clang. of my own, and we, you know, we we gigged. Uh, Somewhat prematurely, I think, uh, you know, when you're offered a gig and the project is almost ready and you're just so excited and you're so like nervous to kind of begin to get the music out there that you say yes before really thinking about it. And um, I was afforded some very honest feedback by a by a close peer friend. Um, and we were speaking about, a, you know, a section in one of the tunes and I was saying, oh, you know, I think I really overcomplicated that in compositionally. And he said... I get you. I I don't, you know, I don't think it sounded bad, but I think it sounded like music for musicians, if you know what I mean. And I think music for musicians is a term that is just brilliant. It's like, you know, is it really written for a listener's ear or is it written because, you know, you felt it this was an impressive thing when you learned how to do it and, you know, you want to show off this impressive thing rather than writing it in as part of a song, as part of a narrative or whatever story the music is supposed to be telling. Um, but yeah, sometimes I find like orchestras, as in one instrument orchestras and really hyper specific ensembles like that, I find it a little bit music for musicians. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of feel like what you've described there is the entire math and prog rock genres. But uh, it's, so, uh, it, it, now, it's, now the it's remark- a fine line to tread. 
It is, yeah. And I, I, I smirk and note to you that uh, said friend uh, has has been in math rock projects for many years. Uh, <laughs> so perhaps not. Perhaps he was told it in his time. It a, you, you never it know. Was, <laughs> it was probably a term of endearment that you took as criticism in a in an interesting way. Because you're like, oh, I, I hear what you mean. But they are like, oh, it's music for musicians. The only kind of music that should ever be made ever. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then divide by zero. Well, yeah. I mean, funny you say, like someone could probably walk up to me and tell me I'm a fantastic person and I would still sob and take it as criticism because that's just the sort of person I am. But um, yeah, no, I, I think there there's certainly a, a twofold element to the to the remark. But in that sense, it was, it was very healthy, constructive feedback regarding um, maybe over complicating a, a section in a song that didn't need to be so much so um you know and sounded a bit like music for musicians but well i mean if it's intentional i think it's totally i mean i also have a long history of music for musicianing mm, so mm-hmm. yeah i that's what i like don't um, we all don't we all yeah, yeah i was like no, jd i don't oh, i don't sorry, even no. have music for musicians anymore <laughs> <laughs> music for like admins of Dune fan sites. Yeah, it's just uh, yeah, for, yeah. for algorithms. That's uh, yeah. that's what it is now. <laughs> that's what we're that's all we're making music for. Now, JD, this uh, th- next week, as things are kind of starting to open up a little bit mm. in the UK at the moment, you're actually heading down to uh, Base Gallery, uh, yeah. one of one of the UK's finest bass specific uh, guitar shops, um, Base ca- Base Gallery, which is in Camden. Um, yep. In London, uh, dear listener, sorry for, for me to specify that for the global listener. Um, it's an absolutely wonderful shop, Base Gallery. It's absolutely packed with it's such a wonderful blend of like all bases. You know how like sometimes base shops can be a little bit, uh, a little bit modern. Like everything's mm. a weird endangered wood and has five strings. I kind of think the Base Gallery does an excellent job of having a bit of everything and a real kind of yes. focus on awesome vintage stuff so i thought you know i'd maybe ask you about you know if if there are some specific things there that you're looking to check out when you get down there yeah i mean primarily looking at um like some of the stuff uh, is just really interesting is like some of the heads they have like i i i want to go um play through a a few things just to kind of um have a bash really like there's um and really just for some more variation from sort of my tried and true things that i have already but there's some like they have a couple like vintage which is weird saying that now but it's like mid 90s like trace elliott heads um which i used to have at some stage but it'd be like oh, it'd be cool to have that um they have a couple of the trick fish heads like the the bullhead like 0.5k and the 1ks and i really like like trickfish's stuff, so I just kind of want to get I don't, a. I don't really know what trickfish is. Ah, trickfish. So they're um, basically it's uh, U.S. U.S. based company, um, but they they have like just like I find them like really really good, clean, efficient. Um, typically, you know, like solid steady, but like very very musical sounding like you would get with like uh walter woods head or or even like you know like the some of the older gk heads and stuff like that like they kind of give me that those sorts of vibes so they're fairly new ish as a company um so they've been around a few years but and i and i've mostly seen them you know at, at 
NAM and bass guitar shows and those sorts of things. And I've, I've played them, but I was kind of thinking about really um, checking some of their stuff out. Cause like uh, they're excellent people um, first and foremost, like I've met a lot of the people that come in, they're all great and everything they have like looks incredible and is like, and sounds great. So I just kind of want to, I want to go play it in like kind of a more um, familiar f- format. Actually, it's probably more familiar to be at like damn and stuff than in in a music shop. For me. But like, <laughs> but like, I, I want to be able to just like really kind of get a sense and play through some stuff there. Um, they also have like an old tech sound systems like Graphic Five Hundred Head. Uh, so like tech sound system was like, I think it's probably like late late nineties. I just remember it was. I've never really played them i remember like i used to play gigs with like a couple people that had them they sounded fine um because like they played through they were also played through like a kinsmith or like a padula or something you know like yeah <laughs> some weird like late 90s you know like high-end bass so i couldn't really tell um and so i, I just kind of wanted to check out like that kind of stuff like i'm really into like like amps and stuff at the moment like looking at it sort of feels like a bit like nostalgic in in the way that like someone will buy like GI Joe or star Wars toys once they get like older and they're like, well, I never, I mean, this is also a personal story. Um, uh, I never, I never had the USS flag aircraft carrier. I really wish I would have, you know, like I really wanted that for Christmas one year. My parents couldn't get it. Uh, also they told me it wouldn't fit in my room. Um, cause it was seven feet long. Whatever, uh, I'll get <laughs> wow. it eventually. Um, but like, you know, so I, I, I kind of want to like, kind of revisit a lot of those things. So there's just a lot of like amps and things I'm looking at. Um, also, you know, um, earmuffs, Joe. But like, I want to go like some of the Ashdown heads and stuff like that. I like they have a couple of the CTMs there that I want to, I want to play through. Like the CTM 100, and they have a 300. Um, I know this kind of want to, want to compare those. Cause I was, you know, looking at kind of like that kind of head, which I don't have at the moment. Like a and big like valvey thing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'd love a little valvey thing, but they don't have them. So, I mean, yeah. if, unless, unless, they, you know, they have like a CTM 30 in the back room and in which case it's probably coming back with me. <laughs> um, but like, so it's, it's kind of mostly amps and then really like Base wise, the stuff is like they have so much of the blast cult stuff, which I absolutely love. Like, Talk, tonally. explain to the listener a bit about that brand because they are a very unique brand for if, if anyone's not seen them before. Yeah, so blast cult used to be um, based in Southern California um, around the same time as I was based in Southern California, um, and um, primarily initially started out at least for my sense making uh upright bases mostly for like psycho billy rockabilly like lee rocker from straight cats so dear listener you get the idea of the look of these things from that yeah very very like yeah that that aesthetic you know which is certainly um like mid-century vintagey you know like old chevys and mustangs and things like that kind of thing um and then they have like a hollow body flying V va- uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. V base, which it, it which is in like a I th- I think I think the one that's at base gallery is like a gold sparkle, yeah, you know, like something. It just absolutely, really kind of not necessarily straight my vibe, but um, they have a I can't remember the actual name of it offhand. I'll look 
uh, in one second while I was talking about it. But it's they do have a base that I have played before, maybe not this specific one, um, but it's a it's thirty five inch um, thirty five inch scale length, uh, and it has like EMG um, single pole piece pickups. Oh, that's so the basic- that's the thirty five. I think is yeah, the, the thirty five. So yeah. yeah, so it's basically like this the same kind of pickups that you have on the high end um, NS design uprights and stuff like that. So and that bass, I I have played it a few like several years ago and was absolutely blown away by like the workmanship and just like how and how big it sounded, but how also clear the definition was, and I. You know, I kind of talked about that on one of the episodes where we were talking about like kind of what's like sound we wanted. And for me, it was like it's like a big bloom in the low end, but also like that throaty definition. Like on top and it, this these bass absolutely had that on it. And so the guy that founded um, and is the, you know, the the main luthier for and maybe only um, I haven't looked yet, but like uh, for Blast Coat, like relocated to london so now they're london based so which is why there's like so much in like base gallery stuff and so i sure so hopefully it'd be cool at some point to like catch up with him because like we've chatted a couple times 10 years ago but it would be cool to like be like hey we're both here now dude (laughs) like um let's you know let's look at these and check some of these bases out because they're absolutely just i mean unreal um as far as everything i've seen like their uprights are great the and it's you know it's much more difficult to make an upright than it is uh you know solid body electric anything so it's yeah, just like of course to be able to like take you know take those kind of down it's yeah i'm excited to play those um i kind of want to have a little revisit they have a couple olympics there um, they do have an just eight for, like, thousand pound olympic uh, the yeah. Stanley oh Clark God. one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, those are <laughs> it's a good price on on a Stanley Clark Olympic these days. Mm. Um, so I just, I, I, you know, I mean, one because like I'm quite familiar with Olympics. I think we talked about it some stage, um, but I'd I'd like to revisit, you know, kind of those and just have like a, you know, it's it's kind of like a, a reset and re com- recomparing like that base to what what's out there on the market today yeah I, exactly you know, I, last you know. time you played them was pretty it was before the a lot of yeah. this the development they were kind of the first you know one of the first sort of popular different models of well, the first 90s. and oh, yeah and and you know and like i mean even in the 70s and stuff you start looking at them and like they were they were light years ahead of everyone but they're mostly unchanged to since then you know and yeah. And it's like craftsmanship is off the charts. However, you know, like it's sort of like, well, what, you know, what's the difference between that and looking at like, you know, I mean, a status or looking at like even some of the stuff you could get from like Sandberg or something these days for, you know, one five or something yeah, like that. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, and then I mean, there's yeah, it's it's really looking at like I really love old bases and used bases, you know, primarily anyway. So it's it's looking at some of the just I mean, because you know they have so much stuff there, like in oh, most so times stuff. I'm just yeah, it's just like it's the kind of place where like you 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 could go to it every day of the week and still find something you missed 
the yeah. last time you were there. Yeah, yeah. so true. Yeah. You could also go there with most budgets in mind and and find Absolutely. something, which yeah. I absolutely adore about Base Gallery. Like on top of it being, you know, super vibey, amazing service. Like all the staff there are are so friendly and so helpful. It's like you you can still walk in with, you know, sub five hundred pounds and possibly walk out with with a a cool unusual base. Like I know they have um they have some like I think they call them bitsa bases, which I yeah. think is like uh, maybe like Warmoth uh, type um, builds, and you know they're they're really really well priced. Um, but it you know it seems like their their product vetting is absolutely superb. But they're not allergic to kind of lower price points, which is which is really really admirable. I think in a in a an otherwise super premium gallery setting. Yeah, it just everything feels. What it really feels like to me is like a well curated playlist in yes. a way of like yeah. like well anything put. you yeah. anything you want to get it's like I know that anything here is going to be good yeah and and I trust that you go in and like you know you go in and you say like hey this is what I'm looking for I kind of do this and so and you're like all right so what you know like price point wise what are you really thinking mm-hmm. you know and you're like oh actually this is be the best thing for you. You know, and yeah. Oh, and the other thing, yeah. There's just there's so much there. I want to. I really want to check out. Like and and just really again because it's that curated thing. It's like it's not like me going to a shop that is a big mass chain. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's like when you go to like a big mass chain, you're like, oh, it's clear that like and like me from my slightly jaded you know, behind the scenes, Mm. knowing how all this works kind of stuff being like, okay, so these are the two brands that you have and you don't have anything, you know, it's like, well, I go here if I want to get this amp or I go over to this shop if I want to get that, you know, it's like, it's like a, yeah, you know, Coke or Pepsi at a restaurant kind of thing. Yeah, like I know you stock this range and that range and I know I can come here for these widely available things. Yeah, you know, it's it's like, it's great that I can, you know, like at a base guy, I can go look at, um, which I may be doing, uh, go look at like a six string stone field and also it, like that, one that of those Traben bases. That guitar is 4,700 pounds, the six string stone field. Yeah, from base guitar. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, they actually have a Zon Legacy 5 as well. Oh, yeah. I Please try I, it. Please try it and, oh, tell, and, oh. and, and tell me how good it is. So the, the, I like, yeah. We'll, we'll we can chip in, <laughs> like we're co we're shared ownership. <laughs> JD, actually, I've I've also actually, spotted I've also right, spotted yeah. a few other um, a few other bases that have popped up on on our podcast chats as well, um, including Anna Sinanix base. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah there's yeah, a white the, one yeah. with a torque guard for seven hundred fifty yeah, yeah, pounds. I know. I know. Yeah, please play. Oh, please, please seven, report back on that one. Is such a good shout for the like. Oh, it's a great because that's. I mean, I've played those. I those bases are. If I if I wasn't going full bronchophilips, like <laughs> quite soon, then then it would be. Then it you know, uh, I it would be really hard not to pick one. Like it was. It was unreal. Like they're such good fun bases, but like, I mean, the some of the blast cult, like the thirty fives. It's going to be really hard for me to, like, it's very rare that I remember messaging multiple friends about a base I played, mm-hmm. like at a show, being like, 
oh my god if you ever get a chance to play one of these you have to i think you would absolutely love it and like that blast cult 35 is one that i i did that to multiple people um yeah I can just really just stood like, out too yeah and and again like i don't know if it's necessarily fully my vibe but i you know i, I just i want to check in and i want to see like if it's one that's been made here it does it you know, does it live, is it living up to my, like, what my memory was? Or was I just, mm-hmm. you know, surprised at the time? Because, you know, like, it wasn't, it was new and different and felt good. Um, yeah, it's just, I mean, they just have so much stuff. They have a lot of, like, late 70s PJ bases there, like, always. But, like, now it looks like they have quite a few. And, you know, check those out. Um, yeah, it's just... It's just such a it's just such a really cool shop, and it's like I love. Uh, mostly, I'm just stoked to go to like a music shop and just be <laughs> yeah. able to, you know, just be able to be like, oh, look at all this stuff! Like, it's all it's it's all stuff that's not the same stuff that I've had around me the this like the whole time. Yeah, it's it's a and, welcome return for sure, yeah. isn't it? I mean, yeah, I know I certainly locally did plenty of standing like a child with my well. A child or a massive creep with my face and hands pressed to store windows looking at the cool vintage (laughs) stuff inside. So it's nice to herald an end to that and getting to actually walk around. I um, My apologies, JD, I forget if you said you had had or hadn't tried them, but um, there's, I think there's some connection, but I, I know Base Gallery always do stock a load of Wilcox as well. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, definitely, definitely well worth a play if you've not, um, if you've not tried Wilcox bases already. Um, yeah. That was that was I, the one place I've got to, tr- to try them so far, and I was super impressed with those. Yeah, I'll definitely check them out again because like they were, I I have played them, but not right, not in any. Uh, again, it was. It, it was at Nam, and it was. Sure. I was. I used a Wilcock base to try out something else. Yeah, I got you. And so it was it like wasn't the I focus wasn't, of your. Yeah, yeah. And so like yeah, it was. I, but I remember being like, oh, this is nice, mm, you know. Mm-hmm. But it was mostly that was that was it, and it was also you know two hundred dB of bucket of fishing around me. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Stuff at the time, but yeah. So yeah, I'll definitely definitely try out some of those because I, I mean they they always look the ones I've always. Though what I've always liked about the Wilcox is like they always look like a really interesting combo for me between like a telly or like an infield or like mm-hmm. a wall, like in some in some way. Yeah. Um yeah. you know, like it's it feels like, oh, that's cool. Um it's they, you know, they definitely I think look like you, retro walls to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've always got yeah. that vibe too. There's there's well, one which I'm wondering, is it the same? one I tried but hardly it might just be a spec that they do but they I think it was called the MM at the time uh, because it has an MM pickup in but basically it's like this racing bright orange um with matching headstock and it's a long scale I know they're really into short scales otherwise but it's um so super smart looking just one big fat humbucker in there super simple controls and when I tried it it was like I can only really compare it to like a long scale version of the Watt Plower in terms of how much like sonic attitude and crazy good playability it had. Um, but yeah, super cool bass by them. I mean, yeah, just like, I mean, I hadn't actually really perused the website mm. that much, but there's just so much here that I like. This could be, luckily, I, I have to be back. Um, so this isn't <laughs> going to be like a full day thing. 
Um, but like, there's just so much. There's so much I just miss playing because I'm so used to playing all kinds of different stuff all the time. Of course, that it's yeah. it's just like oh, I just I realize I haven't done that. And what normally happens is I'm always like, oh, this is all you know, like. I get to go have my fun with the olives and then come back and be like, well, I like what I have. Um, yeah. That's a peep show reference. And then, <laughs> um, but like, but there's, yeah, just really, really excited just for like other stuff and to see like what stuff's there. And like, I'm not so desperate that I'm going to end up with like one of the Jackson, like Dave Elfson, Kelly bases <laughs> or something, you know, which, which are cheap enough that you could be like, it's oh, like 400 quid. I might as well. <laughs> like, why not? But, um, well, I, it, it's going to be very exciting. I'm very jealous that you get to go to such a one of the best base shops that the UK has to offer. Yeah. So, I hope you have a, a great time. Um, that is actually all the time we have on this week's regular episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast. You can, of course, dear listener, join us over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds for an entire extra episode every week. This week, we're going to be continuing over there. We're going to be talking about almost the, the opposite of these uh, the wonderful high-end things from Bass Gallery. We're going to be talking about Carl Harris's question from last week about um, the best things to buy for under 400 bucks. And uh, we're going to be talking about that when applied to bass guitars, amongst other questions, maybe, from the group. But you can become a Patreon supporter for as little as a dollar a month. At the dollar tier, you'll get this episode ad-free and early every week. Five dollars a month gets you access to the Patreon special episodes and our entire back catalogue, which is very substantial. It's like 600 episodes of back catalogue. And at the ten dollar tier, you get the lot plus. I'll sing you my thanks at the end of every episode you can find us on all your favorite social media platforms and you can join the guitar nerds group on facebook to get involved in our weekly episode discussion thanks for listening you've been lovely we've been the guitar nerds farewell goodbye
Bobby Simpson, Eric Vaughn, John Conway, Jonathan Hafferty, James Dore, Paul Drew, Russell Healy, Reggie, the guitarist, Ty Allen, Carl Harris, Todd Lifter, Todd Sons, Sean Hughes, Joe Hoffman, Brian Hanson, Shane, America, Jeffrey Wax, Andrew Frost, Brian Isaac, Evan Mandolin, and Adam Manley, Robert Butter, what's got out of Mark Kazow, Cato Wax, Simon Hill, Vaughn, Stuart Robson, Christian Run, Hanson, Keith Adams, Michael McClay, Eric Cloud, Ryan McDermott, Jay Cup, Larry Peters, Joe Butter, Ken Sayers, Abe Matthews, Kitter Lee, the band, Sean Arbo, John Langdon, Ernie Cooper, Ross Edwards, Nate Nago, Stephen Brook, Dave Lee, Jay Gray, Scott Kennedy, Blake Ryland, Christopher Lacey, Hans Hans, Gary Clift, Lord Lordman, Katie Schwartz, Steve Burke, Andy McKenzie, Brad Page, Robert Stewart, Scanabra, and Paul Corrigan, Moo Gravit! 